we now welcome a very special guest. She's the co-owner of the National Cafe, an alumna of Alverno College. She has grown into one of Milwaukee, you know, local business veterans. I'm super grateful to have her on today, Miss Angie Wersbinski. Angie, how are you? Thanks so much for, Good, for coming how are on. You? I'm great. Nice to be here. Yeah. It, it's my pleasure. But you know, tell me a little bit more about just your background as we start. You know, audience kind of gets to know you. I mentioned you went to. Alverno College, but are you a sort of Milwaukeean through and through? Yeah, for sure. I'm kind of born and raised in Milwaukee. Um, I went to school in Al- at Alverno and I studied abroad for a year in Japan um, where I got my cooking experiences. Actually, when I, after I graduated, I went to England for a year and I cooked there. Um, I also did a bunch of cooking at Outposts. Um, and then I've been working at the national for the past 10 years and I took over two years ago. So I've been managing it eight years and then owning it for two years with my business partner, Amy. So 10 years, is that, is this the, uh, the decade celebration? Do you guys have anything planned for that? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, we, no, I think COVID kind of ruined that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we did kind of. Amy and I have been owning it for two years um, and kind of our two year anniversary, sorry, that was a cat. Our two year anniversary um, was the day that we reopened our dine-in two Thursdays ago, April 1st. So that was our like two year anniversary of the two of us owning it. Angie Wersbinski joins me and you mentioned your co-owner, Amy, a bunch of times. You both were featured in the city's Women's History Month video by the yeah. Milwaukee Film Festival. Um, obviously a huge honor. What does it mean to you to sort of represent obviously female owned businesses in Milwaukee and just in general, kind of that local business impact? Well, it's, I mean, it's obviously an honor. We're in this industry that's very male focused, you know, like mainly when you think of a chef, you think of a male, when you think of a restaurant owner for the most part, um, Hopefully that's a little outdated now, but there's still this small little group of female business owners in Milwaukee and female chefs in Milwaukee. And um, it's a really cool group of women. And I feel like we all kind of um, stick together and kind of, you know, talk about issues and, you know, issues, whether it's, hey, like, do you know, like a roof guy or, hey, do you know a vendor for gloves or whatever? And it's just a cool community of women. Um, Obviously, the whole restaurant community in Milwaukee is awesome with men involved as well, but it's definitely this little niche of, you know, female restaurant owners, you know, with like Odd Duck and Lazy Susan and, you know, some Tandem and Bavette. Definitely a a great group to be a part of. And it, it brings to my mind another sort of societal related question you know, your location on, on National Avenue in, in mm-hmm. Walker's Point, obviously closer to the south side of Milwaukee. You know, so many of us know Milwaukee, is one of the most segregated cities in America, just from, you know, the north side to the south side. From mm-hmm. your cafe's sort of vantage point being on National, have you seen those effects and, and in the customers you, you serve every day? For sure. Um, I pride myself on having an extremely diverse clientele of people at the cafe um you know Milwaukee like you said Milwaukee is so segregated but walking into the national you probably wouldn't even you know if you were new to the city you probably wouldn't assume it was a super segregated 
city because the cafe is always filled with such a diverse group of people. I'm, I'm glad that we appeal to the neighbors across the street are able to afford breakfast there. Um, the National was created just to have a cafe in that neighborhood because 10 years ago, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't Fuel Cafe, there wasn't Anodyne over there. We were pretty much the only one in that whole area of Walker's Point. So it was created to be part of the community and I pride myself on keeping it that way. And, you know, before COVID, you would walk into the cafe and there would be politicians from the neighborhoods having meetings and people from all over the city kind of gathering there. And um, I'm hoping it turns into that again once people are more comfortable, you know, face-to-face -face meetings and whatnot. That's awesome. You, you, yeah. mentioned, you mentioned Anodyne, um, another Walker's Point neighbor of yours, right? Mm -hmm. um, which I know you love very dearly. You know, tell me how, yeah. how, why this is, this was kind of a big sort of uh, part of my objective with this whole project was to spread awareness of, of how underrated I think Milwaukee is as, as a coffee city. You know, tell me how wide do you see Milwaukee's reach as a coffee city? Do you have a response to people who say it's maybe, you know, underrated in on a national scale? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, um, the coffee scene, you know, like it kind of boomed with um, Anodyne and Collectivo and, you know, obviously Collectivo is now in like Madison and Chicago. And um, it's just so cool that people walk in and they're like, where's your coffee from? And I'm like, it's actually roasted a mile that way. You know, like it's really <laughs> nice to not have that giant carbon footprint when it comes to a lot of our food and drinks that we source at the cafe. Um, there's so many good roasters. We used to have Valentine and it was just a struggle balancing two different roasters. So we kind of stuck with our neighbors um, at Anodyne because we have such a great relationship with them. But it is really cool to support local and try to get as many local ingredients. And I mean, I think our coffee is just, I know, I know I have friends in Chicago who get like Valentine shipped to them or like Kickapoo coffee shipped to them away oh, it's not called kickapoo anymore but whatever the new name is yeah, it's, um, it's actually wonder state and now they're right. actually to likewise by the time yeah sure i haven't visited the new you know the new branding yet and then yeah. we also you know we have canary coffee which i don't know if you've talked to them yet but um colin there brings did talk to some, colin he was one of my favorites yeah he's so cool he, he brings in such really cool roasters as well of places i've never even heard of so it's such a great diverse city when it comes to coffee because I know a lot of people that love coffee. Like I have a friend who used to work in the roastery at Ritual Coffee in San Francisco, which is one of like their great coffee roasters. And she's content here knowing, you know, that there's just so many other co competition. It's not just, you know, Starbucks and Collectivo. There's definitely a lot of other different places here. I love it. Supporting local. Yeah. And Binsky joins me. How have, how have you and Amy and, and the National Cafe family combated this pandemic? Because I know, you know everyone has sort of tackled it differently. Has there been you know, any major eye openers that you or your team has learned from? Yeah. Um, well, like most other places, I kind of had to, you know, lay off pretty much my entire staff, unfortunately we kept on like three people and it was a skeleton crew and we 
only did curbside on the weekends for two days. And that definitely wasn't paying the bills by any means. So we got invited to do these community meals, which um, Caitlin over at Tandem uh, in the Sherman Park neighborhood, she started this program of just once, not even one, it was every day during the week where she would probably hand out maybe like 500 meals to people that needed food. And we were one of the chosen restaurants to be part of it, which was amazing because we were able to make food and we were also able to get paid. So it was, it was a way for, I think there was maybe 25 restaurants doing this and we were all able to pay her bills. And she was getting, you know, grant money and she was getting money from the world central kitchen in New York. And we were able to feed people for free and we were able to pay her bills. So it was like this win-win situation. And that's pretty much what we did for the past year. We did meals for Caitlin about every week. And then we're also doing meals, um, a program called Hungry Hearts over at Damascus Gate, um, which is another program and we're doing meals for them. So any given week, we're doing about 250 meals, um, giving out to people who need the, you know, he need a hot meal or need food for the, either, there's no limit on how much meals to take. So like I said, we get paid for it and they get food. So it's kind of this perfect situation, helping all the Milwaukee restaurants get through the hump of COVID. And we're looking at sort of a, a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the pandemic uh, by the oh, time this comes totally. out. So um, are, do you have any future plans for the cafe? Is there anything, you know, able to tease looking forward and obviously just getting your business back on track? Well, yeah. So Amy and I bought the cafe two years ago and we had, you know, these high hopes of doing um, evening pop-up dinners and cocktail hour. Like we just got a liquor license right before COVID and we weren't really able Mm. to do any of that because, you know, we had a year of learning the ropes of being owners and then COVID happened So now I think it's her and I need to sit and figure out what we want to start doing again, you know, fun stuff of, I'd love to do like a happy hour at the cafe since now we have a liquor license because we're doing Bloody Marys and mimosas, but I'd also like to do, you know, fun evening pop-ups. Like we've had a ramen pop-up in the past. We've had like a taco pop-up and it's a lot of fun because the cafe closes at two. So we're able to do pretty much whatever we want after that time. So yeah, we'll probably get that up and running. We're doing the farmer's market this summer. We have our patio up already. So I guess this year is just kind of relearning the ropes. <laughs> the whole new ball game right now with, you know, like people distancing at the cafe and we're also doing curbside for people that still aren't comfortable coming in. So yeah, it, it, it's so cool to hear all of the innovations and new ways that you know, obviously being close to Milwaukee, like I am, how the local Milwaukee businesses are doing it. And even just from a nationwide scale, thanks to the pandemic. But like we said, future, future light at the end of the tunnel that we see. Yeah. And it's for us, it's just nonstop pivoting, you know, like I even read two days ago that they might even change the capacity limits on restaurants again. So, you know, we're all, we're all kind of used to just pivoting and Every, every week or every month is the new normal and we just got to get through it, I guess. 
(laughs) That's it. Well, Angie Wersbinski, I got three real quick rapid fire questions for you to finish up. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. All right. First one. I'm so glad that you just talked about your cafe and your liquor license last year because I realized that you are a aspiring gin and tonic connoisseur. Um, Have you found the best one in the city? Uh, I'm a Ray Horse gal. So Great Lakes gin (laughs) is always my default when I go out. All right. Make a note, listeners. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Number two, give me the best non-competitor restaurant that that is your favorite your go-to here in the city my favorite go-to non-competitor well i don't really view anybody overly as my competitor competitor for the most part um but probably my two favorite bunch places when i'm not working is uncle wolfie's and sabrosa and they both they both kind of like the food reminds me of the national and it's all we all just have different ideas and it's really awesome actually going to a brunch place and not working and just sitting and <laughs> drinking coffee and mimosas. I love it. And then last one, any shout outs, things we didn't get to that you wanted to address, anything like that? Um, I don't know. I'm just super thankful to, I'm just thankful to be here. <laughs> um, you know, like all these restaurants, wouldn't have, we wouldn't have made it through COVID without the city of Milwaukee showing up and everybody a lot of our regulars just ordering every single week was just really awesome and humbling and yeah good to be here and good to being back to normal for the most part as normal as we can get right now I guess exactly that's that's the sentiment we all need Angie Wierzbinski this was a pleasure we covered a lot in a a small amount of time thank you so much and, and I know the city appreciates it and I appreciate it Yeah, thank you. Angie was such a pleasure and brought up some meaningful heavy topics such as race and Milwaukee coffee and the power of female-owned business. I appreciated her transparency throughout our conversation and her contribution to the community over 10 impactful years. This is Milwaukee Coffee, Reimagine Brew City.